Good afternoon, everyone. I am very grateful to be here today. My name is Andrew Gomison, and I will be your host for the Speaking for Him podcast. Excited about the inaugural episode, and I'm also excited that I have a co-host with me in the studio today, Adam McNutt of WJQ fame. Thank you, Adam, for being here. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. Today, we're just going to talk a little bit about my ministry and how I... uh, came to start it and how I got to this point. So I hope this is a fun time for everyone listening. Well, I want to uh, ask you a question, if, if you don't mind, about your uh, ministry real quick. Sounds great. All right, cool. Uh, why did you start speaking for Him Ministries? I've heard a lot about it, but I've never heard the, the story. Well, here here's the story in a nutshell about why I started speaking for Him. I've always had a heart for young people, and I've always had a heart for speaking um, the truth of God into their lives. And one of the things that I started to think about in college was the fact that I needed that young people needed to be encouraged to seek God with their whole hearts and to not waste their um, youth, especially their teenage years. And so I decided to start to write a book for young people about um, what it means to serve God even though you're young. And then that led me to start to consider the specific roles of men and women and then the specific roles uh, of families and how they integrate into society and how they make our society what it is. So that's that's the nutshell story of of why I started the ministry. And it really was a product of a lot of prayer and discussions with my parents and other people, some very special friends that came into my life at a very specific time uh, that kind of confirmed that that was the direction that God was leading me in. And so I'm grateful to have this association uh, with WJQ. So that audio you heard to kick off the show is how we began the Speaking for Him podcast 10 years ago. It was October 8th, 2012. It was a Monday night, and Adam joined me in the studio for the first recording session. Four days later, on October 12th uh, of 2012, the Speaking for Him podcast commenced, and on October 12th, 2022 here we are 10 years later so adam what goes through your mind when you hear that oh my goodness gosh what a couple of youngins back in the day thinking back it's been 10 years uh i think about how polished i would say especially We've grown, but you especially too, listening to the episodes that they've gone on throughout the years, like the growth has been amazing. Um, I think I have a few more gray hairs, and uh, but luckily it's radio, so you can't see that. And just even like all the people and stories that we got to like hear and meet through this podcast has been incredible. It's been awesome. I was thinking about this earlier today and the fact that 10 years is kind of a plateau that you never think that you're going to reach when it's something like this and you just go in and you start a project. And, you know, I always kind of joke about this whenever we hit a a milestone, but it really feels crazy that we're sitting here 10 years later and I'm still doing the podcast because... For those who don't know, I've gone through three co-hosts because of different reasons and a pandemic, and I'm still here, still podcasting each week. And a little bit of a fun fact, several months ago, actually probably about two and a half years ago, maybe a little less, Chad Cashman, who is one of the other co-hosts that I've worked with, he encouraged me to change my posting day from Fridays to Wednesdays. And he, because of that, that allows us to actually post the 10th, 10th anniversary podcast on 
the exact 10th anniversary of the podcast. So thank you, Chad, for that foresight that you probably didn't even know that you had. But um, I've been thrilled to join you now for 523 straight weeks of podcast Ooh. content. I just want to give you a little bit of some speaking for him facts today. We're going to actually play some highlights from the 10 most listened to speaking for him podcast episodes. Now it is very true that our older episodes will have more listens because they've been on uh, my website for 10 years, but there are, is some very interesting statistics tied into them. First of all, let me just say that we have had all time 75,141 listens to individual episodes of the Speaking for Him podcast. Wow. So I just wanted to bring that up off the top. Thank you for everyone that is included in that number. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you as it has been to me to bring it to you with the help of so many others. Um, chiefest among them being Adam McNutt, Chad Cashman, and also Dan Van Zalen. They've all had a huge part in making sure that this continued and given me the confidence to then when the pandemic hit to be able to do this by myself, so to speak. But even doing it by myself, um, has not been by myself. I know that a lot of you have, been, have prayed for me and contributed in other ways, so I'm very thankful for that. So we're going to kick off our highlight reel, so to speak, with the number 10 Speaking for Him podcast. This was a first for me. One thing you know if you've listened to me throughout the years is that there are times when my podcasting would kind of hit a wall. And what I mean by that is I would, being someone who prepares content each week, I'm always looking for the new thing, the thing that people are going to want to listen to, and the thing that's going to give me another episode or a series of episodes so that I can continue bringing Christ-honoring content. And one of those things was bringing Master Arts Theater to the forefront for many people, um, through the podcast. And so I began uh, a process whereby I would interview the directors um, and other people associated with the shows of master arts. Now I haven't done that uh, in the last couple of years because of COVID and then also kind of because master arts has their own podcast, but they were a really big help in the early going of the podcast to keep it going. This clip comes from the first interview that we did about the play forever plaid. Could you tell us about the new production, Forever Plaid? Yeah, Forever Plaid is um, its a unique play. It's a musical. It's also a comedy. Um, it's about four guys, a four-guy harmony group from the 50s. Uh, when you think about the 50s, a lot of times you think of the rock and roll and Elvis and stuff. Well, this was the flip side of that. These were groups like the High Lows, the Four Lads, the Four Freshmen, and... You're nodding your head. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Um, these were very fresh, very clean-cut guys that sang very close harmony. Uh, they came kind of the style came out of the '40s and into the '50s, and then it kind of petered out after rock came in. But uh, anyway, this is a story about these four guys who miraculously go from. 1964, all the, all the way into 2013, they're wow. transported. This is a fantasy. They're <laughs> yeah. transported into 2013 and the, the way they deal with this performance. So the, basically, the story is a performance that's scripted, and it's funny, and it's, it's touching, and it's cool. you got to come. Okay, so Adam, uh, do you have any thoughts about that first clip, thinking about our, our long association with Master Arts Theater? Oh, man. Well, first off, I got to say what was really crazy is, is hearing that interview, it literally took me back sitting in the station studio in the chair and everything came back of just being there like it was yesterday. That's so wild. 
Uh, and then with Master Arts, I don't think there was one Master Arts podcast we did where I didn't like extremely thoroughly enjoy it. Everybody who works there, the productions they do, even being a small theater, like they do top notch quality. And it was always so fun to get to know staff that came there or actors that came in on the podcast. And it was just, man, it was so much fun. Could also be the theater kid in me coming out too, a little biased, but. Well, I think one of the cool things for me was that even though these interviews were done to promote the shows that were happening when they were happening, there is a certain amount of evergreen content in each interview to where if you like theater, you'll still enjoy going back to listen to these episodes, even though they profile shows that have come and gone a long time ago uh, here on the Speaking For Him podcast. So that one came in at number 10 of the all-time most listens for the Speaking For Him podcast. It had 193 people listen. So very thankful for that. Uh, This next one is one that I am really proud of because I worked for five years at the Potter's House Christian High School. And about a year into my tenure there, I was given the opportunity to teach an English class uh, for the English teacher that was gone on paternity leave for a week. And he also taught a broadcast media class. And so he allowed me to give the kids their final assignment, which was to put together a podcast about the Potter's house. And I was able to use the interviews and the footage that they recorded and the interviews they did to put together this podcast. So this is a little clip from that. This is our, our number nine most listened to podcast about the Potter's house. This is episode number 250. This first clip that Adam's going to play for us uh, is just some students and well, I think it's primarily staff maybe some students in here as well, just talking about what makes the Potter's House different and what they like about uh, working or attending at the Potter's House. The Potter's House provides a Christ-centered education to children of all ethnic heritages and income levels, equipping them to serve God and society to their fullest potential. What is your favorite part about working at Potter's House? I love all of my colleagues. I love all of my students. I love being able to interact with people with whom I'm in great relationship with all day, every day. Uh, My favorite part is working with the faculty and students here, the people that I work with. It's my favorite part. I love all the amazing students and the diversity of backgrounds and their stories and getting to know those stories and then being able to see them grow as they uh, learn. Potter's house. Um, the students, getting to know them. Um, never thought I'd work with high school students, but it's been really a pleasure. So that was some reflections from the students and staff of the Potter's House on what it meant to work there and go to school there. I really enjoyed the five years that I spent at the Potter's House. God led me away from there, and sometimes I still miss it, but it was great to listen back to that and it was kind of interesting to find that it was our our ninth most listened to podcast and adam you and i have some good memories of being at the potter's house sitting in the gym and watching basketball games so i know even though you didn't experience it the way i did uh it still ended up meaning something to both of us Oh, absolutely. It, those were a blast on those couple of seasons. We got to go watch basketball games and just, just like the community aspect. You could tell that people were for the team. They're for the school. And it was just a really fun community to get to know. I felt welcome and I, people never met me until that first game that night. And they made me feel like I'd been there a few years. So it was really fun to get to the Potter's house. And uh, they also have really good popcorn too, FYI. And that one came in at 196 listens overall. And I'm kind of surprised that that was the number nine overall podcast because posting it, I wondered how many people would listen to it because it was very specific to me 
and the ministry that I was doing there, but it was very great to see that a lot of people listened to it and enjoyed it. So that was episode 250. Going down, continuing down our list is another podcast that came out as a result of me hitting a wall broadcasting wise. I was looking for different things to do with the podcast and I was starting to feel the beginnings of burnout, trying to find out what's that next thing that God wants me to do on the podcast. And I was texting with my good friend, Naomi, and she and I started talking about reading something that we both enjoy. And we decided to start a speaking for him book club. The clip that I'm about to share with you is a clip that comes from that very first uh, book that we did for the book club. And that was the story of Jane Eyre. And I really enjoyed listening to part of this podcast as I was preparing these highlight reels and just recalling how fun it was to do the book club. So here is a little bit of episode 65 about our review of Jane Eyre. All right. Um, one of the questions you had posted was, who is your favorite character besides Jane? And I wrote Miss Temple. Uh, I feel like she is a darkness. Um, she's a light in the darkness of Lowood, sorry. And she truly cares for the students. She stands up for them against Mr. Brocklehurst. And um, without her, I think that Lowood would seem even more like a poorhouse of that time. Um, some of the descriptions of the way they have to live is pretty awful. And she tries to offer relief as best she can. It is. And it, it's also kind of interesting that um, to get into some of my thoughts about the overall of this book, first of all, it's been a long time since I read a book that long, <laughs> and I think yeah. I've I've gotten a little too used to the modern way of writing a novel. I've heard that the modern adult novel is written at the fourth or fifth grade reading level, and mm -hmm. I believe it, mm -hmm. because the reading that you do when you read a book like Jane Eyre, and the reading that you do when you read the latest John Grisham are two totally different things, even though it was a very interesting book. I found myself reading five or six pages and feeling like I read 30. Yeah, the grammar. <laughs> the grammar is incredible. And um, the dialogue. Um, it, funny, funny aside is that because it was a classic and because they're a little harder to read, I decided to order from the library a large print edition. And so I ordered a large print edition and I, I took six weeks and I was reading it, and I was only about 250 pages in, so I took it back, and I re-requested a large print edition, and I got even a larger print edition, <laughs> which made it very difficult in the sense that I couldn't take it with me when I went on car trips or anything, because I could barely hold the thing. <laughs> Any thoughts on our book club, Adam? It always sounded fun. I, you know, there was always kind of a running gag. I felt that I had with those episodes because usually I, I didn't read along with you guys. So it was always like a lot of head nodding <laughs> and like, Oh, that sounds like a nice book. That's good. That's great. Yeah. You so, were homeschooled. I thought we could have gotten you into the book club, but <laughs> apparently you have to be homeschooled for life in order to appreciate a book club. That's right. I was just uh, in the button pressing homeschool level. So <laughs> No, just kidding. But it it was a really fun time, and I was really sad and disappointed when that era of speaking for him had to end. But this one came in, as I said, at number eight. It is number 65 of the Speaking for Him podcast, and it had 200 people listen to it. Wow. So that is pretty exciting. This next one is another Master Arts interview, and this was with Peter Huschelt, who did an interview about the Carol Brunette sketches that Master Arts did several years ago for Laugh Fest. 
This came in at episode 72 of the Speaking for Him podcast. Here's that clip. The main reason that we're here is to discuss um, the comedy sketches. Uh, you've directed a few times already, correct? Right. Um, actually, so so I, I'm directing uh, two of the nine Carol Burnett sketches. So we're having a really good time. We opened up on January 10th, um, and we had Dessert Theater, and uh, we had three shows. Uh, January 10th, we had one show at night, and we had uh, two shows on the Saturday. Um, so we had a we had a really good audience uh, opening night. And they laughed their heads off the whole time. So you can't go wrong with Carol Burnett. And I got to grow up with her. Um, so I got to see it firsthand and all through the reruns through the years. As you get over now, there's, you know, a second and third generation coming along after. She she uh, left the air with that uh, show. And it's too bad because those four were such geniuses. Uh Vicky and Harvey and Tim and her were just amazing how they gelled together and worked so well together in all these different skits they did. Is it a little intimidating uh, bringing her sketches to the community theater stage? Oh, no. Um, we put our own little slant on everything, you know, and it's not not ever going to be the same, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And you can't, really can't go wrong with the, with the sketches and the, and the characters that come out of these sketches and uh the situations they find themselves in you know it's they're just down out of luck um and the twists and turns that that happen through the sketch and they're only like seven ten minutes long but it's real that's where you get the comedy is you never expect things to happen and then all of a sudden they do and and you know people fall over backwards just laughing and and things, you know, so it's it's a lot of fun. Do you have an overall favorite, Peter? Well, the ones I've directed, of course. <laughs> well, what, what um, are the ones that you've directed? I directed um, Rent a Car, which which uh, two two gals at their own rent a car company, they're they're trying to vie for business with each other. Uh, is trying to solicit business from from the passersby at the airport, and all the things that they try to do to get the the man's attention, to try and get him to buy from them, and you know rent a car from from. So so all the struggles they have of, of each other, and being jealous of each other, and trying to get their him to buy from them, and and all the things that happen, and poor guy gets stuck in the middle of their of their squabbling and and. Uh, Stuff so that so um, there's uh, Bonnie and Clyde, a, a takeoff on on the on the two characters of uh, you know the old time uh, burglars and you know and how they come home and he's so frustrated with his life and she gives him the old college cheer and and so she cheers him on and gets him all back into wanting to go out and <laughs> and do some more. Um, exterminator, about the same thing. We have uh, uh, Alice Portnoy. Can't forget Alice Portnoy, the the Girl Scout gal who goes around and and tries to extort money off of people, and and how she does it. And it's really fun. This is another one that was a bit of a surprise uh, because it is again a master arts show, and it came and went few years ago, but I just really uh, enjoy these conversations and looking back at where we've been as far as these interviews go. And, and Carol Brunette's sketches were a classic, so it's kind of neat to have this episode in our top 10. Again, this is not a, a particular show that y you came and saw, but uh, as you've said, you've seen some really quality work from master arts. So it's just kind of neat uh, that people resonated with these podcasts and listened to them. Uh, just a little behind the scenes is that I started sending them to master arts to post on their website. And I know that's one of the reasons why they drove our listens. This episode, number seven on our list, number 72 overall 
got 236 listens. So we're almost halfway to our number one. And you know, uh, if you've been listening for any length of time that in the nine weeks leading up to this episode, I've been playing clips already from episodes that I enjoyed through the years. And I was a little bit surprised that some of those did not make the top 10 of listens. So I'm really glad that I included those in previous episodes. This one I actually did include previously. So I'm playing a different clip from it today. And this was when my friend, uh, Denise Dykstra came into the studio for the first time. And this is from her interview where she talks about her blog life with four boys, coffee, please. Denise is hilarious. And, she is. And it comes through in this clip, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So here is Denise. Right after I um, friended uh, Denise on Facebook, I noticed a blog post that she did where she was announcing that she had left her local library. She was an assistant librarian and uh, she made the decision to be a stay at home mom of her four boys. She said that their lives were passing very quickly and she wanted to be there for everything they were going through. And then some of the struggles that she went through. And so I asked her if she'd be willing to come here and talk about that here on this mother's day and give you some encouragement, and she agreed. So we're very excited to, to dig into this topic. Um, so, first of all, could you give us a little bit of your Christian testimony, how your uh, walk with Christ became personal to you? Um, yeah. So, uh, thanks again for having me on. And uh, going back to moms for Mother's Day weekend, I'd have to say that I have some of the best parents in the entire world. And my mom and my dad are are really good friends of mine. I mean, like, truly, I have to talk to them regularly because they're so awesome. Uh, And I had a great, idyllic childhood. I just, my parents are wonderful. And uh, then, uh, as you should always listen to your parents, I didn't. And, uh, (laughs) so I went on a little journey opposite of that. And, but God, he's our father and he just brought me back around. And, uh, we, uh, and then when I became pregnant, it was like, oh, all of a sudden God became so much more than anything I had ever just learned. It went from just a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. And, um, I really started my own it's a spiritual journey because you're always changing. If you're not growing in some way, you're falling back. And it's like, you know, if you buy a ton of groceries and you think that they're going to last forever, I mean, just have teenage boys. They're not going to last any time at all. You always have to keep replenishing that. And um, about six years ago, I started reading the Bible all on my own. I wanted to hear what God had to say to me instead of just what an author had to say to me. And um, that really, really made God much more precious than I could ever put into words. And that's where I am right now. Adam, uh, give me some thoughts. Cause I know that you and I both had a lot of fun with Denise. So tell me a little bit about what's going through your mind right now. Oh my gosh. You know, you know when you just meet someone for the first time and it's like, man, I could totally grab lunch with you and a bunch of other people, you know, a big group of friends with you in it. Cause you're hilarious. She was so fun. So refreshing. She, she needed her own podcast. If we're being honest, she had a great, great personality for doing her own thing as well too. So I think at one point she actually talked about her message or something, a couple questions about maybe podcasting or something. So I hope she pursued it because Denise was a blast and just very real. So I appreciated that so much. I think she's done some different things with podcasting over the years. I'm not sure what the status is right now, but I definitely want to encourage you to listen to episode 236 of the Speaking for Him podcast, Life with Four Boys, Coffee, Please. And this one had 248 listens. So, 
we're going to split this up a little bit. We're almost to our top five, but I've been doing a lot of talking here, Adam, and I wanted you to come on because I truly did want to hear some of your thoughts, maybe about favorite episodes, maybe about favorite moments. And I know that you have some that you're probably going to mention as part of your montage, if you will. <laughs> but if there are any that maybe you have not mentioned uh, on the show before that really stuck with you, um, and even some of the oldies too, that's fine. I'm just teasing you. But just give <laughs> us some of your thoughts about the podcast through the years. Man, you know, it's amazing that it's 10 years. It's like you do something and it's getting into a year and a half of doing it and you blink and you're a decade through, which is amazing. So I think that first of all, I have to give props to and just how faithful God's been that you've been able to do this for 10 years. And by the way, you've never missed a week. Even when the world was ending two and a half years ago, you still did not miss a week. That's so incredibly impressive. You know, I do a podcast and if I stub my toe, we're off for three weeks. So it's incredible that you've been able to keep going. And it's a blessing. It really is. To actually be a part of the podcast, I think what was so awesome was, hey, getting to, you know, hang out with my friend more. And then on top of that, just getting to make new friends and hear people's stories. It was people from all around everywhere. You had people from Master Arts. You had people from in radio. There was a radio team, Chris and Emily, that joined us in an earlier episode and that was super, uh, just a blast of a night. Um, we had uh, live theater on the show, which was amazing. You know, we did a whole read through of A Christmas Carol. And, and I'll never remember the studio being more packed for a recording session of Speaking for Him podcast than those three weeks. In fact, I remember the boss of the station coming out and it was like seven at night. And he's like, is there an event going on tonight <laughs> or something? And no, it was just all these people that came to make this Christmas Carol production, which is like a four week series. You got to go check it out in the archives because it's actually like, it's good, high quality. It was so good. So, um, as for highlight episodes, I mentioned the, the Chris Emily one a while back. That was super fun. Um, the Christmas Carol, I mean, that was just incredible how that came together and it sounded so amazing. And then also, and, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about this off the air a couple weeks ago, hanging out. The podcast with Uncle Charlie, uh, who used to do so many voices for programs and children's programming on radio. Uh, that was just a really special episode for some reason. He unfortunately has passed since that episode several years back. But just to get to meet him in person, to hear his career and his story and how he's, a, you know, it's been such a blessing to so many kids and families on radio. That was just one of those like overexceeded nights, if you will, uh, which was super cool. So um, it's been, it's been really, really cool ride. And then I think the best thing is, is, you know, you've been through the whole thing for 10 years. I was able to be part of it for at least six and then come back every now and again, which it's always great to be on. So thank you, Andrew. Uh, just to see, people's stories and testimonies and how God is working in people's lives. It's, it's been really cool. Well, thank you, Adam. And I just wanted to say in regards to Adam's podcast, yes, we joke around a lot about it because he takes a week or two off here and there. And, uh, he, uh, <laughs> is only at 73, even though he's been doing it for almost two years. Um, and, right. and yes, I am an anomaly in the podcast world. A lot of podcasters uh, work on a season basis and they'll say, we're taking a break for a little while and we'll come back for season two. And I could do that, but I've always just felt that I wanted to be consistent and, and wanted to continue to bring people content. And I didn't always know that I was going to do 500 plus straight, but it's it's one week at a time. It's not this goal to do 500. It's not this goal to do 10 years, but one week at a time, one day at a time, um, you know, just, just brings that total into place. And so, um, you were talking about the Christmas Carol podcast. I have to share this, this behind the scenes fact. Well, at least two behind the scenes facts. The first story that I want to share in regards to a Christmas Carol 
is the fact that I had some people that were interested in doing the Reader's Theater that we did. And so I called a meeting at the station. I said, if we can all come together, uh, like I think it was one week prior to when I wanted to record and talk this through, then um, we can go in the next week and record. And we were going to have one recording. And then two weeks later, we were going to have a second recording four total podcasts. And when the meeting happened, it was just you, me, and one other friend of mine, Richard Menninga, who you also know. Oh yeah. That was it. And so I thought this was going to be a really interesting dramatic reading. If only three of us are going to do it. I mean, (laughs) Charlie Sheen and James Earl Jones did it. So we could do it too. But (laughs) I was a little discouraged. And then lo and behold, one of my good friends, Melissa, Howarda. She is just a very dynamic person and she was interested in doing it and she persuaded her family to come and read. And by the time we recorded that first couple episodes, we had, like you said, a studio full of people and it was all because people like her were excited about the project and we had plenty of voices. And and like Adam said, it turned out really well and I just hope that people will go back and listen to it in the archives, especially since we almost did not have it as good as we did because I I don't remember if it was the first one or if it was the second session, but there was one point where we started recording (laughs) my narrator going full steam. We're about five minutes in and Adam says, wait a second. I forgot to press record. And I was just sitting there saying, well, I'm glad that you didn't wait until the 30 minute mark to tell us that. (laughs) Gosh, could you imagine? I would have been run out of town by Scrooge himself. Because those were long sessions. I mean, I think both of them were like two hours a piece at least. Oh yeah. Two and a half. They were probably the longest sessions we had in the studio, but they came together well. And my second reader's theater was actually born out of the pandemic. I did um, a, a full book reading of a Pilgrim's Progress also in multi-voice because when you get a bunch of theater actors that can't act because of a pandemic, they come on Zoom and do a reader's theater for you. The only bad part is I have my next one planned, but I don't want to cause a pandemic to make it happen. So right. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see how that goes and how long it takes for that to come together. But if you're interested in helping me with Anno Green Gables, please hit me up and let me know. I'm hoping to do it next spring. So we are headed to our top five in number of listens episodes for speaking for him. This next one was another aspect of the speaking for him podcast that I really like to do. And that is movie reviews. And I found at least lately, some of my newest movie reviews have some, a really high number of listens. And I think it's because when you review a movie that has some popularity, people want to know other people's opinions of it before they go to the box office and watch it. So that's been a blessing to be able to be that kind of resource for people. So this was um, episode 293. Number five on our list is the I Can Only Imagine movie. This movie came out in 2018, and this is just a little bit of my discussion on this movie with Adam. Adam, do you have any um, general thoughts about this movie? I really, really liked it. When I went in, honestly, even though I've heard the song so many times, I I actually wasn't sure what to expect exactly. I'd heard some great things from people. They said it was really well done, and I just kind of went in with, with an open mindset. But I loved it, and I thought the exact same thing. That uh, the main character who plays Bart Miller, J. Michael uh, Finley, he he killed it. He really did. And then there were some big names in the film I didn't realize. Uh, Dennis Quaid is in this. Also, um, Amy Grant actually played herself towards the end. I didn't realize that. But towards if, the end, yeah, because she didn't play herself throughout the film. Why? Well, oh, really? Okay. No, I th- I don't think she actually did play herself. I think it was a 
It was a it was an actress. Wow, different actress. They did a good but job. She, then. <laughs> but but she did, they did a good job with casting, <laughs> and they did a good job with casting a young Michael W. Smith too. That also was an actor. But uh, yeah, it's interesting how I, I find it interesting how uh, her life intersected with Bar Millard because if you remember a while back, we did the the review of Ragamuffin, and one of the first songs that was a hit for Amy Grant was written by. Rich, Rich Mullins. And he and he gave it to her to sing and she sang it before he did and both of them did really well on their versions and both versions are hits today. Yeah. But and it's interesting how he gave Amy Grant, I can only imagine, and she gave it back. That was cool. She she's like, This is gonna be Mercy Me's first single, look for it in the next few months and he's sitting there like, What? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? And apparently that is a hundred percent true part of the movie. That that actually happened in that way. So, so that was, that was kind of legitly cool. And I, I definitely enjoyed, enjoyed that. So again, this was number five on our list, number 293 over all of the podcast. And it had 252 listens. So that was a really good show for us. I, I really, as I said, like reviewing good quality entertainment because I know that's where people are at. You know, people want to know what is good entertainment for their family to watch because there are so many entertainment choices in our culture. And I actually, I actually think, I think it was like the fourth episode that we ever did. I really didn't have a show notes prepared for it, but I decided to do one on entertainment in general and just talked about the importance of wholesome entertainment. So then to be able to come back and do movie reviews has been a blessing. Actually, I recently put all of our movie reviews on one playlist and that playlist is 66 episodes long. So we've done 66 uh, movie reviews on the speaking firm podcast and that equates to about 12.5% of all the podcasts. So just another interesting factoid there about the speaking for him podcast. Our next, uh, one number four is number two twenty seven overall. And that is cotton patch gospel. This is another interview that I did about a master arts show. And I talked to her, Joellen Ming being the, her, on this clip about a very important question related to the show. Uh, Could you maybe speak for a moment to the issue that people might not be as comfortable with contemporary or semi-contemporary renderings of Bible stories and particularly a story of Jesus himself? What would you say to someone who isn't quite sure... um, whether this is worth seeing. Yes, I, I totally understand, you know, what you're saying, Andrew, and I understand the concerns. I do feel that Jesus himself spoke in parables and would use the contemporary language of the time and also scenarios that could happen during the time, just like, for example, the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, he, he hit people right between the eyes, right where they were at. And so when Clarence Jordan wrote Cotton Patch Gospel, it was um, written as if it took place in the South, and um, it, it uh, pushes the boundaries a little bit, you know, of, of some things like, for example, Jesus is born um, not in, you know, a manger. Um, and so, but I want people to keep an open mind because, like I said, Jesus himself used the contemporary language of his time to tell stories and make a point. And that's what Clarence Jordan was doing in rewriting some of these stories to make it very, very um, appropriate for the people who were living in Georgia at the time and to challenge their way of thinking. And although it was written in the late 60s, early 70s, that sort of um, time frame, what was going on in the United States, there was a period of unrest. Um, And so we can look at it with a historical perspective as well, just like we look at the gospel with a historical perspective. So I would just ask people to come with an open mind 
um, and, you know, just consider those things. And that was a interview with the director of Cotton Patch Gospel, which we did a few years ago at Master Arts Theater, again, episode 227, and number four on our list of most listened to podcasts, coming in at 310 listens. And I, I think it's kind of interesting that this top 10 list that I have, even though some of them weren't the expected ones that I might've expected, like there's, there's no, the Wally show interview on this top 10 list and really none of my pro-life interviews made it on this list. Although I would encourage you to go into the archives and look for those. I will be doing a separate playlist for those interviews so that they're easier to find. But even though those did not make it for most listens, I do find it interesting that some of these podcasts represent changes for the podcast. For instance, if you notice in this clip, it's just me talking to Joellen because I recorded the interview before I came in to the studio. Um, and then I gave Adam the interview and we talked about it in the studio, but Adam did not participate because the way that the scheduling of the podcast changed, we were not able to get as many people into the studio for live interviews. So I just want to point out that, uh, rather significant change for the podcast that came from that, because that leads me into the next podcast, number three on our list, leaving a legacy. And in this podcast, this was actually one that I recorded after I brought the podcast home in 2020 during the infamous lockdown. And I had the opportunity to ask certain people to be co-hosts with me. One of those was a good friend of mine by the name of Dave Delrymple. And Dave and I sat down and talked about the importance of thinking about your life in terms of, are you leaving, leaving a legacy for Jesus? Now it's time for us to pick up the torch. Um, I was, I was looking recently about, um, uh, prominent uh, leaders in in the faith of the faith um, that had passed away in 2019, and we lost Charlie Vandermeer of Children's Bible Hour and CBH Ministries and Warren Wearsby, um, both really big names within our faith, very fundamental, very godly men, and it was just a reminder to me that we need to continue to be faithful and not let. Um, the gospel fall on the ground, so to speak. Do you have any thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I was just thinking, as you mentioned, these these men that had such long and devoted ministries that it's tedious. And all of these men, I think about Charles Stanley and some of these uh, people that preach the gospel for, you know, 40, 50 years. It just reminds me that it is a race and it's it's a marathon of sorts. And there's times when I'm sure that they felt like they were going to hit the wall, um, but they just kept on, kept on keeping on. So I think part of that legacy is endurance. And, uh, you know, Ravi certainly um, was tireless in his presentation of the gospel. All right. So this podcast, as you probably heard from the clip, came out of the fact that Ravi Zacharias had passed away after many years of ministry. Now I want to be very quick to acknowledge that he had some very serious issues that came out after his death, but it does not negate uh, the need to have this leaving a legacy podcast out there. And if anything, it actually makes it more important to make sure that the legacy that we are leaving is a godly one. You know, one of the main reasons that I started speaking for him was because I read in the first chapter of Judges that there arose a generation that knew not God, neither the works that he had done to the children of Israel. And I realized that it only takes one generation to forget God. And that is the main impetus uh, behind speaking for him. That's why we've been on the air for 10 years, and that's why... I've been so grateful to so many people who have helped me to continue 
to make this podcast a success. So that was number three on our list. It was number 398 overall, and it had 329 listens. Adam, do you have any thoughts about leaving a legacy? Is that something that you think about um, both as a former radio guy and also as a youth minister now? There's definitely moments where it, it comes up and, and you, you wonder about that. Like, okay, what's the legacy I'm leaving? What's the impression that I'm giving out? Um, not even for what I think of myself, but just in a sense of like, you know, is what I'm doing truly pointing people to Jesus, but also making a positive impact for what people need as well, too. So it is interesting. You do stop and think about that. I call them checkpoint moments where you just stop and think like, hmm, yeah, I wonder if, uh, wonder if people remember this years down the road and it's making an impact now, hopefully. Now, of course, as you see these episodes going up to the, our most listened to episode, you would think the longer an episode is on my website, the more listens it can potentially get. And that is true. But if you'll notice the numbers for this top 10 are pretty much all over the place. And there is a very significant climb between number three and number two. The number two overall listen to podcast has 107 more listens than does the number three podcast. And this wow. one is the podcast where I had Angela Peavy on for a second time talking about the premiere of her film, Our Beautiful Secret. And here is a clip where we discuss that. Before we digress very far, uh, let's um, go this direction. It would be hard to talk about everyone that's been involved in this process because there's been a myriad of people. But could you uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the principal cast members maybe and what they've brought to the film? Sure, yeah. I mean, we had about 350 people audition for the movie, wow. and we and we only used about 100 of them for the lead role, supporting, and extras. So we had great community support, and that was fun scheduling for sure. But um, for the lead role of Larry, who plays the role of the father in here, his name's Scott Goody. Um, he has been in Transformers 3, Real Steel, Machine Gun Preacher, Detroit 187, and many more. But... Um, he, he actually was quoted by saying, I mean, because he's been touched by this mm -hmm. story as well. Um, um, he said, I'm honored to be a part of such a special and strong and spiritual family. The strength that this family has blows me away and continues to blow me away to this day. I am honored to be a part of such a moving and powerful story. Togetherness, strength, faith, and belief. Jonathan has brought them together in such a wonderful way. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's, it's neat when you have a film that an actor can be passionate about. I mean, I know there's a lot of films that, that go on in Hollywood and I don't want to judge other actors, you know, their, their passion for what they do, but how passionate can, can you, uh, be about a movie about transforming robots as opposed to <laughs> the real life story of someone overcoming tremendous odds to live a worthwhile life and to prove a lot of stereotypes wrong. I think that's one of the strengths of this film. So it's kind of exciting to, to see that he as a lead actor sees that. Yeah. I mean, not only him, but I mean, Scott Diaz, who plays the voice of Jonathan in this film. I mean, he, he was quoted by saying the story is real. The characters are real and the emotion is real. And those tears in your Kleenex are real. And he just goes on to, to talk about how, um, you know, this is a story um, that it's a true life story and it's about overcoming adversity and how as an actor you also have to do that as well and how he can relate to this not only on a personal level but also a professional level as well. I'm very thankful uh, for Angela Peavy who was featured in that clip. She was actually the first interview I ever had on the podcast. Our initial interview is episode 8 and this I believe is episode... Yes, right here I have it, 26. So she was on twice in the early going, uh, actually three times because she makes an appearance on my 
one year podcast as well. But uh, it was very n- neat to be able to promote her project. I worked as a production assistant on the film Our Beautiful Secret, which was about her brother. And so that was an important part of the early days of speaking for him was being involved in that project. And I was actually in the film. Um, and so that was just a really uh, good opportunity. Do you have any memories of those early days, Adam, and, and talking to Angie about this project? I do, actually, yeah. Um, it was always great to have her on because she's, like, just super bright, super on on it, uh, very talented young woman. And it was fun, too, to be able – I think both of us got to go to the premiere, uh, if I remember correctly, and that was, that was pretty awesome to get to be part of that event uh, through word of mouth from Angela and – it was always fun to have her on for sure. It's like one of those things where energy, energy just kind of whoop rises up in the studio in the best way when she came in. So, um, it's crazy to think that that's like nine years ago though. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Time sure flies. And so this episode, our second most listened to episode, um, is number 26 overall and is the Our Beautiful Secret premiere. And that was at 436 listens. Ooh. All, right, all right, Adam. So we're about to reveal the number one listen to podcast. So before I do that, I want to ask you, what do you think this podcast is? Oh, what episode could it be? Oh, boy. You know, I feel like one of our most talked about episodes was like I said, there was the radio duo that was on Chris and Emily. That was pretty well shared and received. And then I also feel like the Christmas Carol thing we did, one of those episodes I thought did extremely well. So I'm going to say either Chris and Emily or Scrooge. Okay. Um, and you'd be wrong on both counts. I was surprised <laughs> about this too. And here's the most surprising thing. Again, I've already said this before that you you know the longer something's on the website, the more listens it can get. But this podcast listening total actually jumps a total of 226 listens more than the 436. So coming in at 702 listens, our number one most listened to podcast is... Number 53, A Year of God's Faithfulness, our one-year anniversary episode. Here's a clip. All right, well, we're going to jump right in. First of all, I just want to give a little bit of reflections about what this year's been like for me, and then Adam will do the same. Adam, it's kind of funny because I was looking at Facebook today, and I was looking at a message that I sent you, back last July, and I said, hey, Adam, if I happen to approach um, the management at the station and ask them to let me do a podcast, and they say yes, will you produce it for me? And at the time, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll do one every month, and I'll try to do a one-hour show. That was what I was thinking. But then I realized, once I started putting this all together, that an hour is a lot of content, and that if you do something monthly, people are going to pay a lot less attention because they're going to forget about it a lot easier. And I had gotten that wisdom from some other uh, people that had been involved in radio. And so I decided that doing a 20 to 30 minute podcast weekly and doing two or three episodes in a recording session would be a good way to go. And so that's what has brought us to the point we are at now. Uh, it's funny because I remember thinking it would be really great uh, if I could have some interviews. And I I started out with one and then another, and God kept bringing more people in to do interviews. And it's actually become a major part of what we do here on the podcast. Yes, and it has. I've been so grateful for that. So it's been quite a year. We've interviewed a lot of people. Uh, we've talked about a lot of important issues and we've had a lot of fun along the way. So did you have any thoughts, Adam? Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite things, and i got to say, too, 
I, I feel flattered that you asked me to be able to produce the, the podcast here and to be able to work with you. So I really have appreciated this year and, and have enjoyed it. So I want to say thank you, Andrew, for that first off. But I think one of my favorite things over the past year has definitely been the, the different stories. Just hearing where someone's at in their life at this moment, where God has brought them from to where they are now, and just hearing all the stories, it has been so amazing and so encouraging because, you know, if maybe I walked by that person on the street, I would have never, ever imagined they had a story like that or would get to know them in depth to how we did here on the podcast. So that's that's been such a cool part about this past year. It's been awesome. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's one of the more encouraging things to me, too, because if God can do it in other people's lives, he can do it for us. So there you have it. The top 10 most listened to Speaking for Him podcast episodes, according to my sermon.net podcast analytics. So do you have any overall thoughts as we end this journey down memory lane? Man, I never thought I would say this, but I took the words out of my own mouth there in that last clip. <laughs> it's true. It's it's kind of cool. And the stories, I mean, just to hear, and that's one thing we I didn't talk about yet, was uh, testimonies. I mean, there are so many episodes of people just sharing their testimonies of how God has just changed their life and where they were here and not doing so great. And then, you know, several years later, just in a completely different different zone. And that was so awesome. And I do miss that. It was great to meet the guests that came on, especially, and just hear the stories and how God used them. And that's the fun thing about this podcast. It can be anything from a serious testimony of God's moving every single day in people's lives to trying some really great or nasty Oreos on a show. So you just never know what you're going to get. And it's great. Well, yeah, that's something that didn't really come up in uh, the top 10 um, was our Freeform Friday episodes. For a while on the fifth Friday of the month, I was doing Freeform Friday where I would come up with random segments to do that wouldn't really fit into the normal pattern of speaking for him episodes. And we did have some uh, kind of epic taste test episodes. <laughs> and one of them was an Oreos taste test. I forget what Oreos we tasted. But one of my favorites was the deep fried Twinkies the frozen deep fried Twinkies, which we then microwaved at the studio and ate them on the air. Now, the bad thing is podcasting is an audio medium. So if you don't like hearing people <laughs> chew, those episodes probably aren't for you. But my brother and I actually did a dark chocolate taste test during the pandemic. So I kind of brought back some of that OG nostalgia with that taste test of different Dove chocolates and the like. So, and I was <laughs> maybe going to do a taste test if Adam was here live. Um, he's over Zoom, so it wouldn't work as well for us to do a taste test. But never fear, we probably will do something in the future taste test related because, well, we like food. So you never know when that might crop up again and it sounds like I'm going to uh, make an appearance again very soon on the Millennial podcast which is Adam's podcast so be on the lookout for that as well um, Adam it's been a real pleasure to have you here again if if I could still do this podcast weekly with you I would uh, but I'm really pleased with what God has done in your life, and I'm grateful for your continued friendship. Um, you know, Adam's friendship was one of those things that I didn't know I needed until God brought it into my life, but we've had some great times, and he's been a real encouragement to me. And without him, the you know, easily the first 60% of the shows don't exist and this podcast isn't what it is. So thanks again, Adam, for the wonderful contributions you made. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the future. Amen, man. And I appreciate that. Praise God for his goodness. And uh, just appreciate your friendship so much too, dude. It's going to be great. It's been a fun 10 years and let's do 10 plus more. 
So anyway, please make sure that you give us feedback with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. We really do want to hear from you. I've told Adam off the air many times that one of the things that really keeps me going is feedback. Um, I guess before I end um, this podcast, I will mention that I've noticed on some of my analytics that there are some international listeners um, from as far away as Africa. And I have gotten contact from someone as far away as Australia. I received an email from Australia the day before my birthday, May 26th of 2022. I received an email from a listener in Australia thanking me for my testimony. So uh, it really does make a difference when you give feedback. It really does energize me. And most of all, I just want to give you relevant content that you can use to apply to your Christian life and that can help you walk closer with the Lord Jesus. So I hope that you will give feedback. Uh, I've mentioned the last several weeks that I have a speak pipe slash speaking for him website where you can go directly to that link and leave a voicemail for the blog. Challenge me with a question from the word of God or a general question that you would like me to address on the show and just let me know other ways in which I can help you here at speaking for him. And with that being said, I will simply say, have a great week and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.